Asalaamu Alaikum everyone. Hey guys, it's your host Rebecca from the Unspoken Truths of Mental Health. I'm back again this month with my co-host Tahreem. We missed her on the last month's episode, so it's good to have you back. Thank you. Welcome Salaam, Rebecca. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Great. I'm really excited about today's topic, actually. Well, we'll, let's introduce the topic. So today's topic might seem scary, but once we get into it, you're going to realise it's not actually that scary. Um, it's about washing the deceased, so also love the dead body. And we have a very special guest, her name's Salma, and I'm going to let her introduce herself. Assalamu alaikum, my name is Salma. Um, Assalamu alaikum, Tahreen. Assalamu alaikum, Rebecca, nice to meet you. Um, yes, um, I'm, um, my name is Salma, and I, li- I, um, I live um, very local to, um, um, in Newham, and I have three children, and I, I'm a housewife. Um, I have had I have had uh, been working throughout the years, but now my children are grown up and don't need to work anymore. So um, I've started to do gusels. Um, I got training while when COVID started, and since then um, done many gusels and also um, run a workshop for supporting humanities. That's brilliant. Um, I just want to share this experience that I had with um also but this is for the listeners out there that think it's such a scary thing okay um a little bit of a backstory my uh, nanny passed away um four years ago in december and i was i had my daughter at the time and uh, i couldn't wash her body and it was one of my like deepest regrets that i wasn't able to wash her body and we had like a special connection that uh, i can't really explain she used to favoritize me all the time and i never got to do that so one day I was teaching in the mosque and um, we got called for help that they need to wash a, a, an elderly lady. And I've never washed an elderly lady. I've been to classes, I've learned about it, never done it before. So I was, I, was, I was nervous, I was really nervous. And I remember the other teachers, they were like, I called them bhajis, by the way, we called them bhajis. And bhajis were like, don't worry, we're going to teach you how to do everything, just, just relax. And I went in there and I don't know what I was expecting. I, I, thought, I thought it was going to smell it didn't smell. Um, it was really cold in the hotel room. Um, and obviously we had to be really respectful and very quiet. And like when they kept saying, when we're holding the body, do it gently because the body feels when you touch the body. And the old lady, which was, this was the strangest thing. The old lady looked like my nanny. She, you know, and she, in her arm, she had a cannula that was still in her arm. And my nanny had the same thing. And I washed her, I washed her face. They put a hijab on her. They showed me how they cut everything and I helped them turn her over. And we did the whole thing. And I kept thinking I was going to be scared, but I wasn't scared. It wasn't scary. If anything, I felt so honored that the moment in her life where she needed people because she didn't have any family. She was from a care home. She was an elderly Pakistani woman that had no family. So we were there to fulfill her rights before she would enter the ground and you know the next part of her life would start so I felt very honored to be able to do that and just for the listeners out there I know it sounds scary but it's not I thought I was going to have nightmares about it I thought I was going to see her in my dreams or something it wasn't anything like that I just felt so lucky to have been able to do that for her and made dua that this would reflect like you know the intentions that I had to help my grandma I hope helping her would double my reward or something like that but yeah, that was just my bit of backstory. So listeners out there, I would recommend everyone learns how to wash a body and does it once in, at least once in your life. 
because it yeah. really puts things into perspective for yourself too because then you realize one day I'm going to be on that table someone's going to be watching mm. me yeah, you know what, you're so right, um, Rebecca, and obviously we're going to speak to Sister Sama in a lot of detail and really ask her about the whole process, but we're supporting humanity, we do our workshops once a month, and Sister Sama leads on training uh, a group of sisters on how to wash and shroud every month, uh, and it's such a blessing that we have this privilege or this facility to be able to do this. Um, and reflecting back on when I first attended my wash and shroud workshop and I learned about it, I must say I came out smiling. I came, I came out feeling elevated and I really came out feeling like I'd learned something that was going to change the world um, and not just change the world, but it actually did, did genuinely change the world for me. It changed my perspective on things and it changed how I now look at death and how I look at afterlife or after death should I say. Um, and this is where the initiative of doing also workshops under the Supporting Human uh, Humanity banner came in because uh, I called up the CEO who we've had on our, our podcast so many times, our very entertaining Idris. And um, I said, Idris, we need to do this because uh, there's so much that needs to be taught and so much that needs to be learned here. And I'm surprised that I've only just learned this now. So he was like, yeah, listen, I have the number of this amazing lady called Salma, give her a call. And that's how Salma and I connected. So we connected with Salma and mm -hmm. Alhamdulillah from the initiation to now, has it just not been an amazing experience, Salma? It has been absolutely amazing. And uh, what Rebecca said before is um, we, you came into basically a rescue to this elderly lady who had passed away, who had no one. This is what it's all about. This is what it's all about. We as Muslims... We, that's what we're going to do. That's what we do is help others. And, um, and in, the, in the sense that we will be rewarded for this in maybe in this life and in the hereafter. But that's what it's all about. And when you do, actually, it doesn't matter because we're doing strangers all the time. It's strangers. It's not anybody that we know. And uh, we treat them as our own. We, like you said, they have to be very, we have to be very gentle. We be, we're very gentle with them. And we do treat them as our own. And each time the family members leave, they give us so much du'as. And they think, they say to us, what would have we done without you? And yeah. I said, only Allah has sent us for yeah. you. Yeah. Well, Salma, you know, when you were saying that we're so careful, I mean, I did not realize the severity of how careful we have to be. Because obviously we learnt about it and we teach yeah. it. But it's yeah. only when I did my first wash and shroud with you is when I realised that, oh my goodness, we have to be super, super careful. Like literally try and treat them yes. like as though there is a feather. Yeah. And we can't, we have to put their arms down really slowly, with gently, yeah. with a lots of love and mm. care. Uh, and it's only when you actually put that learning into practice that you realise the severity of it all. And um, I just want you to explain to our listeners why that is. Why do we have to treat a dead body with so much care? Because, because they can feel it. So say like, um, say like somebody holds our hand just a little bit tight, just a little bit tight. You can feel a little bit of discomfort. Mm -hmm. This is for us when we're alive. For a dead body, it could be hundred times worse, thousand times worse. I'm not sure, how, but it could hurt them. It could cause them. It could cause them um, pain. Yeah. So that's yeah. why we want to be very, very careful with them because 
I've I've what I've read and I've heard like from talks and that it's that they're screaming saying please please put my hand down it's hurting please don't do that with my hair it's hurting this is mm. what I've heard so this is what yeah. I go by that has stuck to me so yeah. that's why I'm very very careful but yes in our training as well in my training I had one hour training even in my training um, we were told to be very very gentle yeah yeah, yeah. and obviously um and now we've watched a few bodies and you know you've led on them and I've really you know it's been a massive learning curve for me and I remember the first body we watched was an elderly lady and then the second was a young young woman yes yes but I remember the the more recent one that I did with you whereby when I walked in mm. and um, we started the process and she was warm do you remember mm. yes and my reaction was like oh my god Sama she's warm yes um is she are you sure she's not? I wrong? know, yes. And and it was like, oh my goodness, we get warm bodies too because I'd gotten so accustomed to getting cold bodies from the morgue that had been yeah. in a freezer or in a cold room. Yeah. And it was so different washing her. But then um, that is how it's supposed to be though, isn't it? That yes. You're supposed to wash and shroud yes. as soon as they're there. Soon as they warm. passed away. She yes. was warm because she was ill and she'd passed away at home. So there was no need to take her to the hospital. So we no. got her straight into our gusel room and she was warm. This is not the first time I've done a warm body. I have done an, another warm body as well. Very warm body. Yeah, I've done because that she, is yeah. that's the best way to go, isn't it? Yeah, you don't yeah. have any parts. You're not at the yeah. hospital. You're not in a freezer or yeah. in a bag and yeah. you're still warm. So they, at that in that instance, your body's more flexible and not so yeah. Yeah. stuck. Yeah, it's it's more flexible, so it's easier for us to wash. Um, mm. If say like there's um plasters or anything that's there, at least that can come off easily. Because once the body is cold, then um plasters and cannulas and things like that take a while to come off. So we have to be very very careful when we take plasters off as well. I have a question. It's... Sorry, um, you know the yeah. dead body that I washed. She had like a. I don't know, like something up here in her arm. It yeah. was like a cat. We thought it was a cannula, but they hadn't taken it out. And she had yeah. other stuff on. And we just didn't feel like to take that out or to pull it off would hurt her too much. So we just yes. left it. Yes. Um, we've done that a lot of times. We've done that a lot of times. The reason why we've done, we've, we've had to do that is because we didn't have the resources. Because um, remember, I'm not, I don't only do for supporting humanities. I do for other organizations as well so sometimes we don't always have the resources to be able to stop the bleeding if there's going to be any blood or dress it or something so um, we've had to leave it and especially at the time of covid we had to leave it there was yeah. no way we could take a cannula out or even a plaster um, in for the risk of infection that we, yeah. we might cut we might catch we wasn't allowed to do that and um, at the time of covid we've even had to leave a catheter in and the catheter bag we oh. weren't allowed to cut that off because maybe if the fluid that comes out of there would touch us and we'd be infected as well yeah wow that's... and we yeah. know which brings me to the point as to why we started our hustle workshops was um because Obviously, with COVID, we saw a huge rise in the number of people that were dying. And Supporting Humanity is one of our services is free of charge burial and funeral services. 
And um, when we realized that there was a rise in the number of bodies that we were getting through for washing and shrouding purposes, at the same time, we also identified that there was a lack of people that were able and willing at a young age to wash and shroud. Um, because it's such a taboo, isn't it? I mean, uh, I've never even been spoken to about it in by anybody in my family up until recently when I addressed it and I approached uh, family members because they say, no, 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 the elders, the elders wash, the elders wash and shroud. The youngsters are never exposed to it. Uh, in fact, we only learn about it in my families, actually. So to date, um, the young girls or women have only ever learned about it if one of their sisters has passed or one of their mothers has passed and the situation has a arisen where they have to wash and shroud that woman so they suddenly learn about it and be take take part in it but actually they we should be teaching this to our youth our young girls our young boys um in my opinion from as young as 16 17 i mean they're learning all sorts anyway so what's You're, this for sure it definitely put life into perspective for them too yeah absolutely definitely. and you know I, I think that's a great thing to do when you if you have a teenage daughter or a son that's going off the rails Send them to wash your body. Uh, it'll bring them back yeah. on track. <laughs> you know what? It's not even about off the rails. It's just about instilling some sense yeah. of humanity and responsibility in them. I mean, now when we do our whistle workshops, my children, they're only 11 and 6. They both know where I'm going. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when I come home, my son will often ask me, so how many women did you teach today? You know, or how many women attended your workshop today? Um, even to a degree when I'm going to wash and shroud a body, I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to wash and shroud a body tomorrow morning. And I'll tell my 11-year-old son. And uh, I feel like it's a conversation I should be having with him because one day he's going to wash and shroud his parents mm -hmm. or his grandparents or maybe someone else. And it's such an important element of life that needs to be taught because it's the most important part of life. When you die, it's actually the most important part and the most important gift you can give somebody you knew or loved or cared about. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, it's, it's also... Um, what happened is like the elderly people we were doing at the time of COVID and um, they weren't allowed because they were vulnerable. They, they, they were either diabetics or they were too over the age of 70 or 65 it was. So that's mm. why um, they were um, looking out for people that were able to do it. So I have a group on, uh, on uh, I'm on a WhatsApp group and on that group um, I had a message um, saying, uh, People, um, we, sisters are needed to wash and shroud bodies uh, who are passing away with COVID, and only Allah made me do this because, it, yeah, it was only Allah that made me do this, and I just said, I'll do it. So yeah. a few hours later, I got a message saying there's training today. Mm -hmm. um, please come. I said okay, and it was a very it was a local masjid and. Uh, there was 10 people and do you remember how social distancing and how many people we were allowed to have in one room? Yeah. So it was only 10 of us. Yeah. And um, yeah. everybody in that room had um, done a gusel before and uh, had experience with gusel. There was one lady who had done the, the bodies from Grenfell Towers. Um, wow. Yeah. And uh, there was others who had who had just come from doing gusel. And there's me with my notebook thinking, I have never <laughs> done a gusel before. Yeah. Um, how am I going to do this? And um, I took down all the notes and um, watched very carefully, listened very carefully and went home and 
I, I, um, I spoke to my mum on the phone. I said, Mum, do you know what I've done today? I've done a gusel training. She goes, you are not going. Oh, my God. That is the same reaction I had from my mother. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And she was like, I was like, what's wrong with you? I mean, you should be happy I'm learning this. Mm. Uh, but it's such a taboo. Honestly, mm. it's just ironic. Uh, yeah. The fact that it's such a blessing, but it's such a massive taboo in the community that they try and keep us yeah. away from dead bodies yeah. because they're worried. You know, yeah. there might be something that could yeah. um, overpower us. And we're like, You're going to be traumatized for the rest of your life, my mom said to yeah. me. Yeah. She said, there's no way. And plus they're COVID. And we'd heard like stories of how pe- they weren't going to sh- they weren't going to gus- give gusel to the people who passed away with COVID because of mm. the risk of catching the infection. And mm. it was like, um, they're just going to wash, they're just going to throw water over them, that's all. That's all they're going to do. And um, there were some masjids who said, no, we are not going to take any COVID bodies. We are not going to wash and shroud any COVID bodies. And um, and I said, and my mum said to me, um, you can't, I'm sorry, you can't go. Um, mm. And um, she said, um, say if you catch COVID, then what? I said, if I'm going to die of COVID, mum, if Allah has written, I'm going to die of COVID, I'm going to die of COVID. And she yeah. said, yeah, but what about your children? I said, there's a lot. A lot is there to look after them too. I said, mom, I listen to you every time. I'm not going to listen to you now. She goes, I've done one before and I've never, I'm never going to do another one again because I couldn't sleep that night. And then um, I said, um, no, mom, I'm going to do it. Okay, she goes, do your first one. Let's see. You will never oh go back, Oh, my goodness. Salma, you know what? My mom was exactly the yeah. same. Yeah. And it, to this day, I remind her of these comments and uh, I just can't believe that she's, she was so unsupportive considering she's been so supportive in everything else in my life yeah yeah Rebecca you you, I feel like you need to say something here we're going we're there's like we could talk about this all day long I'm sure Salma has so many stories to tell us but yeah the main thing we need to know is how do we wash a dead body that's a question that we're here to record we've not even started talking about that okay so you asked me that question and I make a start Okay, so Salma, <laughs> yeah, uh, what is the first thing we do uh, when we enter the room to wash a dead body? Okay, so first thing we do when enter when enter the room is mm. um, you prepare. So first of all, you light some incense sticks or bakur, just mm-hmm. so that the um, nice smell, the aroma is, is in the room, and also when we start laying the kafan out, the, the the scent is infused in the kafan. And also it helps just, with... Just for the listeners, what's a coffin? Okay, the coffin is the shroud that we're going to wrap the body. We're going to wrap the body. And so for a woman, for a, for, a, for a female, it's five pieces. So it's in five layers. So we, when we go into the room, uh, we, we first of all, we light the incense stick or the bakur or anything that's smelling nice. We, do, we, we light that first and then we lay the, the coffin out. That the, the shroud we, we lay the shroud out now the shroud are already pre-cut and uh, we we sometimes the the brothers who in that organization cut it for us and sometimes uh, we as uh, volunteers we cut it and we fold them up and we keep them all ready so when the body comes we're not faffing around to cut the coffin there might not be enough on the roll anything like that so we prepare we, pre- we that's already pre-prepared so then and the coffin is white. It's it has to be white. It can be another color. It can be that's for when uh, we uh, we are unable to get white fabrics. Um, 
if it, if say like in it's like war-torn countries and things like that if there's earthquakes and things like that people are dying um if we don't have uh, five pieces of white cotton then it can be any color can i just add you know if it was a war-torn country or an earthquake don't you just bury them in the clothes that they're wearing they don't even get washed um yes if if you can but if there is an if if if, if they don't get washed it's fine as well but um say that you can you can wash them then you can wash them but you don't, you can wrap them up in any any sheet any sheet it doesn't have to be white but the the main thing um the normal thing is that you have to it has to be white yes okay okay so another thing we do when we go into the room we once we've done the coffin and uh, we've done the 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 incense then we just prepare everything like the soap and the water and we also prepare the the towels and we also have a a cloth called the sutter cloth now the cloth is um just a, sh a sheet that covers from the neck to the ankles or just above the ankles so we keep that cloth um on the body at all times so we are not actually seeing any part of the flesh so everything we do we just put our hands under that cloth can i just add i wasn't aware of that so in my head i kept thinking well am i going to see like all of the ladies parts but yeah. when i went in there and the amount of respect that was shown yeah. to the body yeah. and they said to me we never lift this we wash yeah. underneath the cloth yeah i'm amazed I was yeah. I don't know why I don't know why logically that in I didn't think of that ahead yeah but it just shows how much honor is placed and respect is placed yeah. even once you are dead we keep the dignity at all times yeah. we do not see unless we have to because there may be something like a tube coming from the groin area and we need to cut that so if there's a family member then we would ask the family member to do it if the family member says um no it's okay when it, you can do it then whoever's leading that gusel that day will then just as fast as she can just try not to look but just try and um only look only peep if you have to because if you got to cut it off you've got to be careful yeah so yeah, just yeah. see where the scissors are going and then that's it and you and then you lift, you you uh, cover it up again straight away yeah so after you've covered them what, you, you've covered you now this this uh we, we prepare this cloth okay the body still okay. hasn't come in the room yet okay. the body will come in the room after we've prepared sometimes it's already there sometimes it's not but we're just going to prepare this and another thing we do is we all we all put ppe on so we wear um a mask and we wear um two sets of aprons so it could be like a poncho apron whatever's available there so it could be a poncho apron and then we put another white apron like normal white kitchen type apron but they're in plastic this all disposable and we put that on and we put two sets of gloves on um we can put rubber gloves on and you can put wellington boots on the reason why i put wellington boots on because it gets very wet on the floor um just so that it, um your 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 footwear doesn't get wet but then if you know that you're going to go for a gusel, then you wear appropriate footwear, which is something that covers all your feet. And it's not you don't mind it getting wet. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then that's we do that. OK, and now uh, we, we're going to get some camphor ready. There's a um, camphor comes in um, in cubes. It's a white. It smells very it smells very nice. It smells more eucalyptus -y. 
um, mentally that sort of smell and it's sunnah to use that on a ghusl. So we get that ready, it comes in cubes, so we use a, like a pestle and mortar and we just crush it. We just crush it and make it all nice and um, granularly. Okay, we get that ready and we just get everything like um, the shampoo and soap and everything ready and scissors also ready. And and then um, the body will now come in. So the body will, uh, the brothers will bring the body in and put it on the table for us. And as soon as they put it on the table, we will use that cloth to cover the body. Okay, now we have we have all up to six volunteers, including myself. And I'm never alone. Um, I have um, I have uh, two other sisters who are very experienced and. Um, uh, Sister Sumaya, Sister Shahida, they're um, always there with me as well. And uh, so we know what we're doing. So we just get on with it. So now we have the body will come in a body bag and we will um, unzip and then we'll start cutting the sides off. We will cut the sides. But this is all happening under the sheet. OK, but the face is uncovered. Now, in the when they come from the hospital, it's the, the body is wrapped up in the sheet in the white sheet that they were lying on. So what happens, what they do is they just wrap the body in the sheet and put tape around them. Mm -hmm. And that's all there is. So we cut off all the tape and we cut off the sheet and inside the sheet, they will have um, a, a, a hospital a hospital gown or hosp a hospital gown on. So we cut that all, all away. So we cut from the shoulders and we cut from the middle and uh, we cut the sleeves. And uh, once the top peels off, um, that's all peeled off, that goes in the dustbin. And then what we do with the volunteers, would um, three on each side. And uh, from what, they, what we'd do is we'd roll the body. So when we roll the body, the other, the other side, we'd um, roll all the excess fabric and we just push it under the body. Then we gently I, lay I her back. Yeah, because if no one's actually seen it happen, yeah. this might sound really confusing. So I would suggest people actually go to a postal workshop to support a humanity ones obviously because oh yes definitely yeah yeah definitely and then and we roll we we roll um every all the excess fabric under okay and then we do the other side so the sisters would um would hold the shoulder we'll be always always one sister which is mostly family member on the head side so behold the head all the time because it doesn't matter if the person is dead the, the head will still need supporting the arms would also need supporting so we'd make sure we hold the arm we roll on the other side and the, the sisters the volunteers would then gently tug away all the fat all the excess fabric and the body bag and everything and then we just Put that in the dustbin at that point we would be able to check if the body has a if the disease had a nappy if it does we just cut it to the sides and we pull that off and um, then we would be able to check if there's any plasters any jewelry any hairbands um any nose nose studs um any, oh, i have a question any... yeah so there was this uh you know nail polish mm. so obviously when the body is cold yeah they I've been told that you can't nail polish remover doesn't work to take the it nail polish work. off. Is that true? It doesn't work. It's true. It doesn't work. Oh. And we've had a uh, first hand experience with that, with Tehrim as well. It doesn't work. No matter what you do, you use nail varnish remover. It does not work. So, well, another we question. To, yeah. People that wear fake eyelashes, mm. you know, the ones that get that like, extensions that stay yeah. on for like a month or so. Mm. Of, 
what about those? You can't. Okay. Um, if if we know, if we've been told that these are fake, we can try then take them off because they're glued on, aren't they? So again, yeah. it it gives um, pain to the body to remove that. So if we feel that wetting the body um, and it's going to peel off, then we'll peel them off. But if it doesn't, then we have to leave it. That's so scary. Yeah. That is yeah. so scary because yeah. I we, used to we wear the polish regularly whenever I wasn't praying. But since I learned about that, I just don't do it because obviously you don't know when you're going to die. I am wearing nail polish right now. And I think it's probably the first time I've put nail polish on since January, December time, uh, purely because that's when I started getting into the whole um, gospel workshop and actually really kind of putting it into practice. And the last three days that I've had it on every day, I... Uh, 24-7 I'm just saying please don't kill me today please don't kill me today don't let me die <laughs> she's today. gonna go she's no... gonna go remove yeah, that right now like I am like I, you know when I get in the car I may read my Bukhusi and you know I'll say to her please just get me there safely I don't want to die right now I've got no polish on that's it honestly it's become such a conscious dua in my head when I've got this nail polish on and yeah it needs to come off but I'm sorry Sama you know what we're gonna stop asking you questions in between now let's okay okay, okay. let's let's do it like this because please. I have so many questions I need to ask Salma okay okay yeah. and <laughs> we're gonna have to make this a two-part thing so next month you need to make yourself available to record another podcast yeah no okay. problem I'm fine um, yeah I have some questions while we're, before you finish okay uh so one of the questions so I was writing my notes and I wrote a couple of things down that I want to share and then the questions you'll understand. So one thing that is often missing in the elements of washing a body is the presence of the soul. So Imam Ghazali, rahimullah, he mentions that death is simply a motion of the soul, like leaving one realm through to through the door to another. So as this happens, the souls that are in that room are also affected. So uh, I was watching a video where they interviewed um, people that wash bodies regularly. Mm. And they found that they had such a deeper connection to the people that they've never met before mm. whilst they were alive. Yes. So is that how you felt? That these it people is that how you, you feel. It is how you feel because um, I think Allah makes that connection. Allah makes you feel like that because if you don't feel like that, you won't be able to wash body. You won't be able to. You need to feel close to that person. You need to. Yeah. They need to be like your member of your own family. Because we have family members here now. But for about a year when I started doing it, there was no family members. We were their family. Yeah. So that's why we treat them as our own family members. And yes, there is a connection. There is a connection. And also um, also um, the, the, the miracles that we see that happen in that room. Oh, that's my next question. Obviously, you while you're washing keep the body, asking her question, she needs to finish to. her steps. <laughs> okay. You know, if these, you attended so our whistle workshop and you did this, I would chuck you out of the classroom because we don't let <laughs> Do you know what it is in between Sister Salma and her and her workshop. I love questions. She's gonna <laughs> answer the question. I, I love the questions. <laughs> Reason being because I've had so much experience, I'm able to answer yeah. the questions i'm yeah. not i never hesitate because i am able to answer their questions and that just comes with experience yeah but you know what we have lots of resources as well so, uh rebecca yeah. which we will share with you and we will share with our listeners it's... upon request um we've got a whole step-by-step guide on how to wash and shroud we've also got a step-by-step guide on what to do when someone dies uh they're all supporting humanity created resources which we follow uh, in our workshops and everything. But come on, let's hear your question. 
I'll, I'll add that to the description box below, guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, do so that. another thing, they say that those who wash the bodies regularly, uh, they can tell things just by looking at the body itself. So one, just sort of one of the five senses, um, the scent. So some people, due to the purity and piety of their lives, their bodies will smell fragrant and heavenly. And obviously others smell awful and leave a stench due to their sins. And I don't know, is that something that you've experienced? Um, um, if there is a stench, it's not because of the body, um, because of their sins. If there is a stench, it's either um, because the body has been dead for quite a long time or also it could be the, um, it needs to be washed, the private parts need to be washed properly um, because when they passed away, they probably soiled themselves or wet themselves or something like that. But once that's all washed away, also sometimes um, they have like skin infections and, and um, bed sores that have been infected. That's what smells. But I, I haven't come across anybody that just smells and just because of their sins no alhamdulillah no i've never had that i've seen all good things that's good, that's good. i've seen all good things but nothing bad like this no plenty of scary so, things and plenty yeah. of um yeah i'm sure very very awful you know after um pre pre-death experienced bodies yeah. that not anything like that yeah so mm-hmm. another thing people say is uh, that younger people's faces are often left in a state of shock or surprise, but elderly people's faces are much calmer and relaxed. Like some people are ready to die and some people aren't. No, uh, it's that... nothing like that. It's no? nothing like that at all. Um, when the actual body comes in, it the face because there's there's all sorts. It's like um, they could they could be vomiting just before they pass away, and like say the hospital just wrapped them up in the sheet, so that vomit would have just stayed on the face. So then, or sometimes they could be bleeding a lot. That blood would be there. There's um, there's things like IV fluid and things like that that's just been left on them. And we clean them up. We clean their faces up and then we wash and shroud them. And at the point of shrouding, at the point of when the scarf comes off, the, the radiance on that face and the smile. On yeah, the mashallah. Deep, there was one time when I actually caught the face from from um, being just a serious face to a smile and that mm-hmm. was like that just sent shivers down my spine it really did but I actually caught it I said look I've actually caught that smile it was yeah. beautiful it is really beautiful and there are times when there's a the face is always um falling to the right which is also good there's also um times when there's um the, the she the um, index finger is up one that's really good also yeah and also in um a namaz position the arm the hands on the chest that's always good as well and also um sometimes um they're praying dusty so they've got the the hands in that in, in that position and they passed away like that so there's loads and loads of different um um things that we see which is really yeah. really beautiful really beautiful at that and 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 the thing is that when we we actually you know when the family members actually see it, they find so much relief so from that crying it becomes a smile and they're laughing and they're relieved that wow really is my mom or my sister and that, that happy to leave and mm. is this the death that Allah gave them subhanallah mm. this is beautiful and they it gives them so much relief 
it gives yeah. them some and I'm always there first to point out to tell them that you know what I haven't seen a, such a big smile like this on anyone and it just makes them feel like it just gives them that relief you know um from that grief and the, from that crying because they're crying all the way through this Kusil, and yeah. we're supporting them as well yeah they're crying all the way through but it just gives them that sort of that sense of relief thinking you know what she's going to a good place now so on that note in terms of dealing with the grief of the family and that sense of relief this is another one of our major reasons why uh Husl and washing shrouding is so highly promoted in islam and it's a sunnah of our rasul it's because it's supposed to help you grieve your loss it's supposed to help you grieve your loved one because saying goodbye to them in that way by washing and shrouding them is the best gift that you could give them in their whole existence yeah. actually yeah. because you are preparing them yeah. subhanallah to meet their creator and there yeah. is not ever going to be a day like that in their life yeah. that they could have had that they will have after you have washed and shrouded them and gotten them ready to meet their creator yeah. and yeah. Uh, and when you say about that smile, Salma, I can co- completely resonate with what you're saying because I remember the first one we did. Yeah. And uh, do you remember when you put the when you put the hijab on, the scarf yeah. on? That's yeah. the moment for me. That, that was the, the moment. moment. That is a, such and a special moment. That was the moment where she just came together, and I was like, "Wow, mashallah!" You know? Yeah. Um, she's ready. She's ready mm. to meet her creator. Yeah. Um, yeah. and on that note, the second one for me and I think it definitely definitely for the families that I've experienced so far is when we cover the face oh. I think that's the moment where it really hits home it that, okay. hits them it hits them that is yeah. such a sad sad moment because they've, they've realized they've actually it just comes to them and actually she's gone she's not going to come back and this is this is it we're not going to see her ever again you know so yeah. before we do cover the the face we do get the family members you want to give her a kiss or you know and um, but then again we do open up again for the rest of the family members to see um, yeah yeah we do that but it is a very it's a very special it's closure isn't it yeah it's, it's closure. closure yeah when you when you leave a house and you're moving yeah. into a new place and you close yeah. that door one last time and you yeah. post those keys through that letterbox to say goodbye yeah. to that home that was yours for years and years. Mm. It's a little bit like that. I know the analogy is a bit, it's very different. It's very dunya and akhirat. Mm. But it's that when you close that coffin and mm. you cover that face. Yeah. That's it. It's goodbye forever. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I'm, um, yeah. Yeah. When I, um, then afterwards, um, there's an area where um, they take the body and um, you can see the face and um Either one of us always stays behind to open um, the cupboard because the family members, they don't know how to do this and you want to do it properly. You don't want the hijab to move while they're trying to close the cupboard. Yeah. And uh, you, you give them about 10, you open the cupboard for them, you move away and you give the family members because then at this point, the male relatives will also come and see the body and they will they will stand they will stand there and watch her, see her face, stare at her face for as long as they can because that's the last time they're going to see them and um, then I'm told like now we've got to wrap up and that's when I feel I feel really bad to wrap the face up because that's the last time they're going to see them but I mean it's got to be done but I feel really bad to say that's it now I've got to close up I feel really bad but um you know the family understand yeah yeah Yeah, the family understand that now the janaza prayer has to be done and she's got to be 
buried now into her her final abode yeah yeah and you know Rebecca you were saying that you find a link with that person that deceased or something mm. and it comes back to your dunya and it's it's so funny you said that because the first lady I ever washed and shrouded um I was so fearful I mean first and foremost I was so fearful and it's something that I'm it's a punchline that I'm going to get Salma to say because she always says it in all of our hustle workshops so I'm going to get her to say it at the end of this podcast um but she said it to me the night before when I messaged her I said Salma I'm really scared and she said it to me then in a text and it really put me to ease but when I got there um when the sisters who were going to from the family who were going to wash and shroud this um, elderly lady came in one of them turned out to be the mother of somebody who'd who'd we'd washed and shrouded not mm. or not so long ago and we'd provided some bereavement support for too face to face and you're right you know what alamia has this way of connecting us um and as soon as she walked in she recognized me instantly um and only she and although she'd only met me twice before she found that comfort in knowing that i was there although it was my first wash and shroud um and she gave me a tight and she was like I'm, and she said it to me she said Darim, i'm so glad you're here and you know that in itself just made that washing shroud for me even more better it just elevated my emotions to another level um but anyway i'm conscious of the time that we're running into four uh, over 40 minutes for this podcast now and we weren't really not anticipating uh, the podcast to um not wrap up in one well actually no I would have been shocked if it had so what we are going to do is we're going to leave this as our um part one one. yeah yeah wash and shroud uh podcast for supporting humanity we'll be back uh back next month with part two in which we will consciously be quiet and let us sister Sama explain to us all the steps uh, of how to wash and shroud a body um and inshallah I just want to say before we go that uh, supporting humanity alongside the free of charge funeral services we do wash and shroud bodies we do our hostel workshops on the last sunday of every month we are taking a short break for summer the next one will be back in september it'll be the last sunday of september so in the interim if anybody's interested in sending us an email via via our website or our social media pages please do get in touch and we can put you on our register for attending the september workshop firstly and secondly if there's any sisters out there ain't only brothers because we have brothers washing the mail uh, that would be interesting joining our uh, uh team please once again reach out and we will connect you to the relevant people um and yeah it's it's been lovely talking about it um and to end that note i would just say that you know we always think it's a very morbid topic um or that uh, it's something that's going to really sadden us but actually it only puts things into perspective and i cannot tell you how many sisters attend the workshop and come up to me uh, and go to Sister Salma and say, that was a really good workshop. We had a great time. And I'm mm. like, really? You know, the first time I heard a sister say to me, I had a great time. I was like, oh, wow. Okay. She had a great time. And it was ironic because you're not there to have a great time. But actually the way we're le- teaching, the way we're learning, the way we're talking, the way we're approaching this um, process, which is t- labeled as a taboo within the, within the younger generation, it's... Um, it's profound and it really elevates you and it really changes the perspective on life. And uh, the punchline, here we go, are we ready for that, Salma, yeah? yeah? It's when you do your washing shroud, when you attend a workshop and when you yeah. go and do a ghusl, yeah. it's not you. Yeah, It's Allah. It, Allah has chosen you for it. 
Allah has yeah. chosen you for it. Allah has called you to that place because he wants you to earn that reward from washing and shrouding. And can you imagine if this person passes away? And Alhamdulillah, so far so good. We've had so many who's passed away as shaheed. Can you imagine how honoured you feel that Allah has chosen you for their last right just to wash and shroud before he meets, before they meet the Lord? Can you imagine how humbling and how honour that, how honourable that feels? It just feels amazing that Allah has chosen us for it. That's it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And when you said that to me in the text, I thought, yeah. wow, you know what? Yeah. This is really put yeah. this into perspective for me because you're right. Yeah. I didn't yeah. choose to wash and shower. Yeah. It chose me. And literally, same with you. even with yeah. me, I was at Moss to teach and they asked for an extra pair of hands and it just happened yeah. to be I was there. Yeah. And, and, and Allah has chosen you. Yeah. Allah has chosen you. And also, um, can you imagine? Um, I'd like, I don't want to keep this reward to myself. I want everybody, no. I want people to learn. And I want people to learn and also teach so they can get the reward. And whatever, whoever's, whoever's doing the gusls, I'm getting the reward for it. Now, just one last Inshallah. thing. I met, we had a, a talk this week at a mosque. And um, it was in the same mosque where I learned my gusl, which was a one-hour training. And um, it was in the same room. And I met the appa who taught me. And I went up to her and she said, I've seen you somewhere. I said, yeah, you've taught me gusl. And I told her that I am actually doing workshops now. And she just looked at me and she cried and she hugged me saying, you remember me all the time? I said, I do remember you all the time. And whatever I'm teaching now and whatever gusals I'm doing, you're get the, getting the reward for it. Mashallah. And she was crying and she just hugged me so much. And, um, and uh, I just thought, I've always, I thought, I've always wanted to tell you this. And I've always, um, I, I want people to learn and I want to get the reward for it as well. Inshallah. Inshallah. And you Inshallah. are, you are, and we all are, and we all will continue yeah. to. And I just hope yeah. that um, people like you, people like our volunteers who wash and shroud with us, um, which is just a growing team. It grows every month on end. They continue to join us and we can continue yeah. to just spread this word of, this not even word, this honour of being yeah noble a way of knowing how to wash and shroud it's, it's a complete honor honestly. yeah it is it is so, it is it's a humbling experience and it changes you as a person yeah for the better but, mm. so to end that uh, it's been a lovely lovely experience uh, and uh, it's been great speaking to you Thama again although I picked you all the time and I nag you all the time time through text uh, I'm so glad you were able to make time to come on the podcast oh, sure. this evening uh, and thank you Re Rebecca for facilitating us and inshallah we'll be back next month in the month of August inshallah. with part two of Wash and Shroud and I will try very hard Rebecca not to ask you too many questions or for I me to go on and on because I want to hear all of <laughs> but, the things um, that Salma has to say so I'm going to ask the questions yeah yeah, yeah well, course, course. maybe we'll get Rebecca to attend one of our workshops oh inshallah inshallah yeah. I was gonna I was just gonna say that yes yeah, yeah. Okay, well, sisters, it's been lovely and let's uh, reconnect next month and inshallah, uh, we hope that these, this podcast will make a difference to somebody's um, mindset, somebody's life and uh, we will see you soon and thank you listeners for listening and we hope you take away with this um, some knowledge and some you know, just some perspective really. Yes, goodbye everybody and Jazakallah uh, for listening and hope to see you again um, in the next podcast where I'll be explain all the all the step by step by step in detail inshallah
Inshallah. This is your host, Tareem, signing off. Assalamu alaikum, everybody. Assalamu alaikum, everyone.